From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. A tremendous Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line Tuesday. We talk faith, family, and fellowship on Tuesdays. Father Wade Menezes is in the house. If you'd like to be part of the program, the number is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, your number is one 205 Two seven one two nine eight five, and we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at one two zero five two seven one two nine eight five. You can always send us an email. That email address is openline at ewtn.com. I'm Jack Williams, Michael McCall producing the program. Your call screener is Matt Gubensky and Jeff Burson handling our social media efforts. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live, you can type a question into the chat window, and it may find its way to us by the end of the program. And our host, Father Wade Menezes, in, uh, in well, beautiful it. Auburn, Kentucky. Yeah. Go ahead and say it. You no. know you're dying to say that. That's no, beautiful in Birmingham today. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it is. But you can you not? No, say I was looking for a clever Auburn, way Kentucky. to. I was looking for a clever way to get into your discussion of the capital sins. Well, the the, the, the wonders of me. the seven capital sins and how they lead us to virtue just before Lent. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, preparing for Lent by looking at the seven capital sins. One week from today is Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, right? And also Carnival. Or, or, or again, as Michael McCall and I call it, Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so carnivale literally means goodbye meat, right? Carnivale, goodbye meat, right? That's one of the names for Fat Tuesday. And then Mardi Gras, literally Fat Tuesday. So that's one week from today. So we ended last week's show, Jack, just to remind our listeners, uh, for, uh, talking about um, uh, virtues for men, especially for the guys, virtues that the guys want to grow in, whether single or married or widowed or consecrated priests uh, in religious orders or in, di- in the diocesan priesthood. Uh, we looked at the, at the growth of, of masculine virtues last week, and one of our last callers last week was a gentleman who commented on the seven capital sins and how they each have an opposite extreme and how they each also have uh, a median virtue. And uh, that impressed me that he knew that, and so I thought I would dovetail off the end of last week's show and catapult into how the seven capital sins can help lead us in preparation for Lent, which begins a week from tomorrow on Ash Wednesday. A shout out to begin with to my nephew Christian and his lovely wife Heather Lynn and their two children Addie and Joseph. They're out driving around right now and he sent me a text just before the show began that they're listening live, so I want to thank them for that and a shout out to all of them. Uh, you know, the, the, the seven capital sins... It's interesting. They go beyond uh, uh, just leading us into those particular seven categories that they each espouse. Rather, uh, we want to look at our lives and examine our lives according to the seven capital sins 
because they are the seven primary categories from which all other sins can be linked to, right? So, in other words, go beyond giving up chocolate this Lent. You can do that if you want, but I'm asking you to go beyond that. The seven deadly or the seven capital sins were not named for being unforgivable, but rather because they are the sins that give rise to other sins. In other words, they are the seven categorical sins to which all other sins somehow can be linked. And so this Lent, we invite you to examine your life and ask yourself what is driving you away from Jesus Christ. Once you have found your top one or two sins, make a resolution to practice its opposing virtue, right? Uh, The following ideas are meant to accompany the recommended practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, known as the three eminent good works, along with regular confession and regular reception of Holy Communion. So let's comb through these, and if we don't get through them, we'll finish them up after the break. Uh, Pride, right? Pride is often listed as the first of the seven capital sins. In fact, it's called the capital of the capital sins. Pride, we can describe pride as a disordered appreciation uh, of ourselves, a disordered appreciation of ourselves. This sin can become evident in acts of vanity or boasting about such things as looks, intelligence, possessions, or the like, to claim superiority over others, and that's not a good thing. Um, it's opposing virtues, humility. St. Thomas Aquinas defines humility as seeing your place and taking it. Humility is not about having low self-esteem or disregarding our gifts and abilities, no. It's about truth, acknowledging who God is and who we are, and putting Him at the center of our lives. Uh, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, right? But rather, humility is rather thinking about yourself less. I think that's an important distinction to make. Humility is not about thinking less of yourself, but rather about thinking about yourself less. So, a few examples of how to practice humility from Mother Teresa of Calcutta, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Speak a little uh, less about yourself, right? Uh, speak as little as possible about yourself. Accept small inconveniences with good humor. Uh, don't speak to be admired or loved. Uh, don't dwell on the faults of others. And give in to discussions, uh, even, if, even if you are right. You know, g- g- don't, don't show that prideful side during a, a particular discussion. Regarding lust in a society that has heavily sexualized marketing and made access to explicit content easy, disordered actions of sexuality abound, right? Chastity is its opposing virtue, and it's defined as, quote, the successful integration of sexuality within the person and thus the inner unity of man in his body and spiritual being, end quote. That's how we can uh, define the virtue of chastity. How do we reach that integration and unity? Well, here's a few resolutions that can help in the painstaking process here regarding lust. Uh, Be faithful to prayer daily. Set up a specific time every day and consider it a priority. Pray for purity. Pray for modesty, regardless of your vocation or state in life. Even married couples are called to to chastity with one another, right? We're all called to chastity. How about acquiring self-mastery by fasting from something you really like? How about writing down the occasions of sin that have led you into that sin of lust and work to avoid them? We forget about the occasions of sin that lead us into the sin themselves, right? Uh, Never be idle. Pick up a go-to hobby, a sport, an instrument, writing, uh, reading a book that you want to read, something that makes you non-idle. And how about only using your phone when necessary? Limit social media significantly, 
significantly, maybe to 15 minutes a day. You know, some of the experts out there in regards to social media say that is possible. If we really just use our phone for the things we need to use it for uh, business-wise, uh, each day it could be for under a half hour that we're using it each day, and that's a great thing because it is such a great invention, and we want to use it correctly. We want to use it uh, virtuously, the smartphone. How about avarice or greed, also known as covetousness? This sin is a disordered desire for material possessions, including power. Its opposite virtues are liberality uh, and generosity. In other words, giving of ourselves. So how can we do more of that this Lent? Here are a few no-brainers. How about give to a parish or, or, or a charity until it hurts, as Mother Teresa would say. Do not cut corners in your work. Uh, let responsibilities and the virtue of diligence win out. How about filling your heart with Jesus Christ? For example, go to Eucharistic adoration at least one hour a week during Lent. How about being more hospitable with your visitors? Find joy in giving uh, and in, in, in practicing hospitality, for example. Anger, we'll wrap up with this probably before the break now. The Catechism defines anger as a desire for revenge, that is, desiring vengeance to do evil to someone. Uh, there is, of course, righteous anger. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about unjust or unrighteous anger. Uh, we often struggle with this one, and, and so we want to make sure that we have it right. It's opposing virtue is meekness, which is not the same as weakness. No, meekness is not the same as weakness. Rather, meekness is the virtue that helps us to keep possession of ourselves during adversities. Here are a few ways to increase our own meekness this Lent. Uh, don't get caught up in other people's own anger. Focus on yourself and how you can respond. How about using your anger to better yourself and strengthen your resolve to grow in virtue? How about try to avoid social media and other occasions that give rise to unhealthy anger, like in fighting verbal competitions uh, in, in, on social media platforms? And if you do get angry, take a minute. Don't react right away. Ask the Lord for patience and visualize yourself responding the way you would like to respond. That's important. So I'm going to stop there. We'll come back and finish up with envy and gluttony and sloth when we come back from our first break. But I want to invite our listeners now, Jack, and also those watching us on the YouTube live feed and the Facebook live feed, uh, to call in or type in and tell us what you're planning to work on this Lent, especially if it involves one of the seven capital sins, or as we know, all sins can somehow, some way, be tied to the seven capital sins. That's why they're called capital, precisely speaking, the seven capital sins. Give us a call. Give us a witness. What are you working on this Lent, this one week before Lent begins? 833-288-EWTN. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. Or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. Through redemptive Catholic journalism, EWTN News helps advance the gospel and teachings of the church. And you can get our trusted Catholic news right in your email inbox. Just visit EWTN.com and click 
on subscribe. Straight ahead, we're going to talk to Zach in St. Louis, Lydia in Midland, Texas, and we've got plenty of time for your calls as well. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We're talking about the capital sins, Father Wade. That's right, how they can prepare us for Lent on some of the things we want to do uh, positively, meaning proactively, uh, and some things we want to do negatively, like give up, huh? maybe giving up coffee, maybe giving up chocolate, maybe giving up sports, maybe giving up uh, useless time on the smartphone, or something done proactively to do something positively, like, like maybe um, donating time at a soup kitchen during Lent. Uh, things that we can do and how the seven capital sins and wanting to grow out of them and out of sins that are linked to them uh, can help us do just that. I want to talk about envy next. Envy is the sin of being saddened or distressed by another's good or well-being. How about that? Because we think it takes away from our own excellence or makes us less lovable. Uh, this, of course, is a lie from the evil one, and it's defeated by love and gratitude. So what, th- what are some things we can do to overcome envy? Uh, enter into the presence of God and remember that he loves you uniquely and unconditionally. You are unique, precious, and unrepeatable. This alone is where your worth lies as a creature made in God's image and likeness. Uh, open your eyes to the abundance of blessings in your own life. Make a list and revisit it daily of what those blessings are. Count the blessings you encounter every day and thank God for each one. Work on pointing out, congratulating, and rejoicing in others' goods and accomplishments. How about that? And their good efforts. Congratulate them on that. Pray for the person you feel envy towards. Maybe offer a rosary for them, a holy communion for them, a mass for them, a divine mercy chaplet for them, that God may lead both them and you to greater holiness. Next is gluttony. Although it's not bad to find pleasure in a delicious meal, it is a defect to eat like beasts, says St. Alphonsus Liguori. How about that quote, huh? I don't like the way you look at me when you say that. (laughs) I did kind of look at the camera right there, didn't I, Jack? (laughs) Although it's not bad to find pleasure in a delicious meal, it is a defect to eat like beasts. That's from St. Alphonsus Liguori, the founder of the Redemptorists and a bishop and doctor of the church. He put it that way, huh? Uh, This, of course, includes overindulging in food or drink, uh, but also doing it too soon, too expensively, too eagerly, or too daintily, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. This vice is defeated by the virtue of temperance, which allows us to control our natural appetites for pleasure, which can be legitimate, and enjoy whatever we do in accord with right human reason. All things in a balance, right? That's the greatness of being Catholic. All things in a balance. A few ideas to acquire uh, the virtue of temperance this Lent. How about practicing fasting twice a week, that is to say, eating one full meal and two smaller meals that don't quite equal that one regular sustaining meal. Moderate your food consumption. Don't eat between meals. Abstain from uh, the ingredient or or food that you like the most. Get used to saying no to things you don't really need, especially at the store. And eat slowly and pray before and after your meals, thanking God for that meal. Eat more slowly. I can even improve on that. I kind of eat fast. Uh, And pray before and after your meals, which is something that the Fathers of Mercy regularly do. And lastly, sloth or sloth. Uh, This sin, often referred to as acedia, laziness, or boredom, is a, a type of sadness or an unwillingness to do something that is physically or spiritually good because of the work it requires to get it done. 
we have a negative view of it, even though it's a good thing to do. Uh, a few things that can help us overcome this vice of sloth uh, are finding love, which ultimately is the, is the remedy to all these sins. And the saints accomplished what they did because they loved. The saints loved, right? So we imagine often what we desire, and we desire what we imagine often. So work on letting Jesus become the center of your imaginations and the sweetness of your own life. Imagine him calling out to you personally by your name as a friend, especially if you're seated before the Blessed Sacrament, either exposed in the monstrance or, or non-exposed in the tabernacle. Huh? Uh, plan your leisure time, your rest time, which can be legitimate, of course, especially Sundays, which are meant for worship, recreation and leisure, and quality time with loved ones and family. It's not idleness or laziness, but rather enjoying an activity that nurtures your humanity and is not meant for utility. Uh, learn to play an instrument, read a good book that you actually enjoy, practice a sport, do a family activity, go to a museum, etc. These are great things to do, literally do an action uh, that can counteract sloth. Offer up your suffering for an intention, especially when you feel like you have to drag yourself to accomplish anything. And then also I'd like to recommend wake up as soon as your alarm goes off. Now this is what I call an heroic moment, quote, unquote. <laughs> An heroic moment. Wake up as soon as your alarm goes off and get up immediately. If you give yourself time to think about it, you've already lost. You've hit the snooze button and you're there for another nine minutes. Isn't it nine? Yeah, it at, is nine at minutes. At least. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I, I, I have firsthand knowledge of this. The snooze button is set at nine minutes <laughs> until it goes off again. One time I was given a women's retreat, Jack, and I asked the women uh, when Teresa of Avila, during her Carmelite reforms of, of the convents of women that she carried out in the 1500s, when she would knock on the doors early, early, early to, at, of each of the individual cells to wake up each of the individual nuns to get them to chapel on time, because they were very lackadaisical. They didn't have morning chapel, many of them. This is why the reforms were needed, just one aspect of the reforms. When, when she was knocking on those doors, not saying a word, just knocking on the doors, uh, heartily asking the nuns to get up, who did the nuns think it was? And one woman raised her hand and she said, they all thought it was the devil. <laughs> the <laughs> devil telling them to get up out of bed. <laughs> no, it was Holy Mother St. Teresa of Avila. That's who it was. It wasn't the devil. <laughs> so there you have it, the seven capital sins and how they can help us prepare for Lent. I want some witness calls today. What are you giving up for Lent, Catholic or non-Catholic? Call into the show today. Tell us what you're giving up for Lent. Is it a negative, something that you're giving up? Is it a positive, something that you're doing, like maybe donating time at a soup kitchen? Uh, what are you doing, uh, a pro or con, positive or negative for Lent? And the next week, we're going to talk during our springboard on the 21st on Fat Tuesday itself, um, the day before Lent begins on Ash Wednesday, uh, and a general overview of the liturgical season of Lent. But I kind of wanted to wet the palate uh, today with today's springboard uh, on the 14th, on this St. Valentine and St. Cyril and Methodius feast day, of uh, looking ahead to what we can give up based on the seven capital sins. So uh, let's take some callers now and, and call in and give us your witness about the seven capital sins or something you're doing for Lent. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. Um, Peggy is watching us on Facebook Live today, and she says, Hi, Father, for this Lent, I plan on going through all the clothes and things I have and donate them. Great. This should keep me busy for the season of Lent. <laughs> 
<laughs> spoken like a, a true probably wife and mother uh, overseeing <laughs> her house and uh, that is great Peggy that is fantastic because you're benefiting yourself and your home by getting more organized but at the same time think of all the individuals you are going to be uh, aiding as well whether you give to a local Catholic charity like the St. Vincent de Paul store local store here in Bowling Green Kentucky it's the St. Teresa store after St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta or giving to Goodwill or giving to a, a non-denominational or Protestant charity that takes in clothes and household items and stuff like that. Fantastic, Peggy. Great, great witness example. Thank you. Zach is a first-time caller. He's in St. Louis, Missouri, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Zach, thanks for holding. You're on with Father Wade. Thank you, Father. You bet, Zach. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Uh, before you ask your question, are you thinking about yeah. giving up anything for Lent or doing anything uh, for Lent? Maybe give up my coffee, caffeine. All right. Now, that's that's another heroic... Oh, you're a brave man, Zach. <laughs> that's another heroic virtue moment, in my, let in me, my let opinion. Me, let me, over the airwaves, warn all of Zach's friends and acquaintances. He might get a little grumpy <laughs> in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, what's your question today? Okay. My sister's Catholic, and I just want to... I'm not Catholic. How would I become Catholic? What does oh. it involve? Okay, great question. Um, you become a Catholic by going through what's called an RCIA program, which is offered through an official Catholic parish in your area, one that you admire because of its solidity, its faithfulness, its orthodoxy to the teachings of Holy Mother Church, the Bride of Christ, a Catholic parish that is right in line with the chair of St. Peter, I like to say good solid pastor, good solid associate pastors, if he, has pa- if he has associate pastors, some pastors are on their own there at parishes, a great staff, and usually a parish will have a DRE, which, which means Director of Religious Education. And uh, you usually don't jump into the RCA program cold turkey. Usually you start going to Mass, although you can't receive the Eucharist yet as a non-Catholic, um, you start going to Mass regularly so, you inter- introduce yourself to the pastor, the associate pastors, maybe have a meeting uh, with the director of religious ed, and that relationship develops over time, okay? Converting to the Catholic faith is a big step in one's life as converting to any faith, but especially the Catholic faith, which we believe has the fullness of truth with the seven sacraments and the entire sacramental economy. Uh, You'd be asked questions like, do you have knowledge if you're already baptized with a valid Christian baptism of a Protestant faith? Because if you do have that knowledge and and maybe a certificate of that Protestant baptism, then you would not have to be baptized to enter the Catholic Church. You would only receive the other two of the three sacraments of initiation, which are Eucharist and Confirmation. Those are the three sacraments of initiation that the catechumens, who are not even baptized yet, receive at the Easter Vigil. But you'll notice some catechumens at the Easter Vigil aren't baptized, but they only receive the other two sacraments of initiation, Eucharist and Confirmation. That's because they have a Protestant baptism that has all that has been deemed valid by the RCIA director and the pastor of the parish that you're entering the Catholic Church at, and so you don't need to be baptized. There's no such, such thing as a second baptism or being baptized again. The first one was either valid or it wasn't, right? Uh, but that's, how, that's what you want to do, Zach. You want to get affiliated with a parish that you know is solid, it's faithful, a pastor who's solid and faithful, a true father to his flock. You want to inquire with him about becoming a Catholic, he'll uh, have you meet up with his director of religious ed, which I'm sure he would have on staff, 
and you go from there. Uh, your sister can also be a, a great help in this. As you said, she is a Catholic. I presume she is probably a convert as well. I can't imagine your parents baptizing one of you Catholic as a child, but not baptizing the other one, so I'm presuming maybe your sister is a convert too. Your sister would know the process because of what she went through. Uh, so I want to commend you on thinking about that. Stay close to the faith. Uh, maybe get a copy of the Universal Catechism. Stay close to Sacred Scripture, especially the four Gospels. Uh, and, and note in the Catechism where Scripture is quoted in defense of the Church's different teachings, whether they're sacramental teachings or non-sacramental teachings, like the morals teachings and whatnot. So those are a few pointers there, Jack, to help you uh, look more and more into the Catholic faith to possibly convert to the faith. Thank you. Eight. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. A couple of open lines at 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. You know, right before the break, we were talking to Zach, who was inquiring about what he would have to do to become a Catholic. I'll tell you one thing he could do. I know a priest that wrote a book uh, about the essentials of the Catholic faith not too long ago. That's right, Jack. Catholic Essentials, uh, written by myself, and I'm I'm glad to say, and and very thankful to God for this, what I'm about to say, I'm aware now of three different Catholic parishes that are using Catholic Essentials. I'm holding it up now to our live feed for those watching on YouTube and Facebook, who are using Catholic Essentials for their catechumens in their RCIA program. Hopefully that number number will grow, but three parishes are using it so far. So, uh, Zach, get yourself a copy of Catholic Essentials from EWTNRC.com. It's a great primer for the faith in five uh, categorical, five different parent categories and categorical teachings, and that is morals, dogma, uh, ecclesiology, the study of the Church, the sacraments, and the sacred liturgy. So five parent categories uh, are giving you 81 different points of church doctrine in Catholic Essentials, this new book of mine. And uh, go to EWTNRC.com and get yourself a copy. God bless you now. We head now to the Republic of Texas. Lydia is in Midland listening on Guadalupe Radio. Lydia, you're on with Father Wade. Oh, hi, Father Wade. Hello, Lydia. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it. I I see you on uh, TV and I listen to you on the radio. And I, I, I am a caregiver. I take care of my son. So listening to the radio, listen and watching the TV inspires my life because uh, I know we all have our miseries and we all have our mm-hmm. sufferings. And I just want to say that with God in my life, I know and staying positive is the best virtue to have because uh, the devil is real bad about giving you negativity, negativity, and he wants to bring bring us down. So I always pray and pray, and, and God help me all the time because, like I said, we all have our issues. And uh, every time we have Lent come around, they always ask, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I say, the only thing that I know I can do is to be a volunteer to help people to, to understand, uh, to bring God in your life because without God in your life, you don't got nothing. And when the devil is trying to recruit so many people in our lives and, and with unkindness and and being negative, and, and, and I know that our prayers and our rosaries and divine mercy, and I, like I said, I see you on TV all the time, and you inspire us with what we need to do to make our lives better, and, uh, and 
And I just, I just want to say that uh, all we can do is just live the best we can for God and, and be the best person and, and do that every day, not just for Lent, but every day of the year, because I say my rosary every day. I do my divine mercies every day. I do my, my Michael, the archangel Catholic. I do all my, I do so many novenas and I'm thinking, hell God, I just want him to be proud of me and, and do the best that we can because our prayers make miracles happen throughout the world. And I just want to say I thank you, Father Wade, because you are so inspirational, so inspiring. And I just love the words and your everything that you do. You just, oh, my gosh, I just can't. What can I say? Well, thank you, Lydia, and God bless you. I, I appreciate your witness calls so, so much. And it's all God's work on my end, so I give him the glory and I give him the praise. But I want to thank you for giving the call uh, in today and giving your own witness, which I'm sure is aiding many, many others, and you're a caregiver for a loved one uh, on top of that faith that you have and hold so dearly. Uh, and as you were speaking, I was thinking of you possessing the theological virtue of faith. Uh, you know, it's one of the three theological virtues, Lydia, faith is, along with uh, hope and charity. And faith is both a gift of God to the individual and a human act by which the believer gives personal adherence to God who invites that person's response. And the person freely assents to the whole truth that God has revealed uh, through sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the magisterium, the teaching office of the church, which itself is rooted or grounded in the Apostolic College of the Original Twelve uh, Apostles. And uh, that's a, a beautiful, beautiful truth that we hold dearly. Um, and and faith, faith is, is just a tremendous, tremendous gift. And uh, I, I sense that you have it and you hold it strongly. Never, ever lose that. Stay close to the sacraments, at least monthly confession, weekly Eucharist for your Sunday Mass, the charity that you possess and you uh, give naturally to others, uh, the, the willingness to, to witness to others. Uh, these are all beautiful, beautiful things tied to the virtue of faith. Uh, celebrating and living the sacraments, trying to the best of our knowledge and ability to live by right conduct in the pursuance of virtue. Uh, that fulfills the twofold commandment of charity to love both God and neighbor at a supernatural level, right? And, uh, and, and living the, the words of the creed, which gives us some 40-plus uh, truths in, in, in 12 articles, you know, the Nicene Creed that we celebrate and say every Sunday at Mass and on every solemnity that falls during a weekday. Um, this is the virtue of faith lived, and, and I sense that you possess it and never, ever lose that, Lydia. Thank you so much for a beautiful, beautiful witness call today. We, we thank you tremendously. God bless you now. Next up is Lorraine in the Queen City, listening on Sacred Heart Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio. Lorraine, you're on with Father Wade. Hello, Father Wade. Yeah. Hello, I, Lorraine. I, yeah, I I agree with everything that lady just said. Because uh, oh, I, I I listen to you, and I think you're you're probably the best one on. But my no. question is, uh, uh, I know on first Saturday we're supposed to uh, go to mass and uh, communion and get confession sometime soon around that time. And I, my question is, does the Saturday evening Mass that was for Sunday, does that count for first Saturday Mass? It does if you have sincerely exhausted all means to go to a Saturday day Mass within reason, because your hope is to get the readings of that Saturday day not the readings of the Vigil Mass, which are actually for the next day, Sunday. 
That said, if you are not able to find or reasonably get to a Sunday, uh, excuse me, a Saturday day mass for the first uh, Saturday, um, that that's fine. That's that's okay. You, you the the Saturday vigil mass counts. Remember that the um, the requirement for the first Saturday isn't that you go to mass; it's that you receive Holy Communion on five consecutive. Uh, Saturdays. Now, that said, we normally get Holy Communion by attending a Mass. That is true, and that, that's why your question is a good one, okay? That's why your question is a good one. That said, if I'm visiting my grandmother uh, in the nursing home on a first Saturday, and I know that I can't get to Mass that Saturday day because of a work schedule, because when I leave my grandmother at the nursing home, I'm going to go to work and work a 12 to 14-hour shift, um, and the deacon comes in and has an extra host uh, when he gives my grandmother Holy Communion, and he asks me if I want to receive Holy Communion, I can. And if I'm practicing the five first Saturdays, that fulfills my requirement for reception of Holy Communion. So Our Lady outlined exactly what is involved in observing the five first Saturdays devotion. There are four main elements to the devotion and and two conditions. I probably should put this up on the Father's Mercy website. Uh, The four main elements are the following. Uh, To go to confession either on the first Saturday itself or at least one week before or one week after the first Saturday itself. Number two, to receive Holy Communion on the first Saturday itself. Uh, number three, to pray the five, dec- five decades of the rosary on the first Saturday itself. And number four, to keep Our Lady company for at least 15 minutes while meditating on the mysteries of the rosary, which are mysteries of the economy of our salvation through her son, Jesus Christ, uh, and following the praying of the rosary, uh, offering up this time of 15 minutes of meditation. So those are the four main elements. The two conditions for the devotion Number one, that the practices be done on the first Saturday of five consecutive months, so the five first Saturdays cannot be broken up, they have to be consecutive. And number two, the second and final condition, you do the the four elements with the intention of making reparation to Our Lady for the sins of blasphemy and ingratitude against her and her Immaculate Heart. Uh, worth noting here is that the blasphemies against the Blessed Virgin include the following five, those against her Immaculate Conception, those against her perpetual virginity, those against her divine maternity, and which are carried out by persons refusing at the same time to accept her as the mother of mankind. Number four, those which are carried out by persons who try publicly to implant in the hearts of children an indifference, contempt, and even hate for this immaculate mother of ours. And number five, those which are carried out by persons who insult her directly in her sacred images. So again, uh, the five first Saturdays involve four main elements and two conditions, and I just went through those. If you didn't get them all, um, you want to go ahead and listen again to the podcast. It'll be posted within the hour after the live show today uh, at this time of about uh, 39 minutes after the hour. So about 39 minutes into the show, you'll find it easy, what I just said. And I will make it a point this coming week to post what I just read uh, regarding the four main elements and the two conditions of the five first Saturday devotions to the Immaculate Heart. I will do that. Uh, You're inspiring me to do so, and so I thank you for that. Uh, But remember, it's not Mass per se. That's one of the four elements to fulfill the devotion. It's receiving Holy Communion, and granted that, we do receive Holy Communion usually 
at a Mass, but there are other ways you can receive Holy Communion outside of Mass. Let's say you're the homebound person yourself. You're the one who's homebound. You're the one home because of illness or, or old age, or you're in the nursing home, and you're not able to get to Mass. But yet on every Saturday, a deacon or a priest or a properly deputed lay minister brings Holy Communion. Well, if that's the case, you can still fulfill the devotion of the five first Saturdays, right? So great, great question, uh, Lorraine. We appreciate it very much. We thank you for your call today uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio, great city, and, and uh, we thank you for your call, great witness call. And I'll get that posted this week. If, if you will, Lorraine, go to fathersofmercy.com, probably within the next four or five days. Uh, go to fathersofmercy.com and click on the magnifying glass on the homepage in the upper right-hand corner. A search bar then pops up. Uh, on the search bar, simply type in the words uh, Five First Saturdays. Five First Saturdays. And I will have it uh, posted. Uh, let's, let's shoot for uh, by Friday afternoon of this week. I will have it posted for you. Thank you so much, Lorraine. God bless you. Uh, she G is watching us on YouTube. I came from China and now live in the U.S. I wish to join the Catholic Church, but not sure on how to handle the issues which are related to my past sins. I have talked with the local priest last Friday. He was very helpful, but on minor issues can be very rigid. What can I do? I do not think it is possible for me to become a Catholic this year. Well, if, if one shows that one is ready to enter the faith or on a... Um a, a more quicker program because they know the faith so well already. There's nothing canonically, meaning according to canon law, that says one has to go through an RCIA program, which is a year-long program. There's nothing that says that. Um, you can receive private instruction from the priest or somebody properly deputed by him, like the director of religious ed in the parish, and enter the church on a shorter amount of time within the year. In fact, we have saints who have done that, like St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, who I love dearly, St. Edith Stein, the great Carmelite uh, Auschwitz martyr. Even saints have gone on the um, accelerated program, if you want to call it that, like we say in academia, uh, an accelerated program to enter the church more quickly. But this is with people uh, who already know the faith, they're well-versed in the faith. I think uh, Dr. David Anders he did. did not go through an RCA program. Is that right, Jack? Am yeah, I correct he took that? private instruction. He took private instruction. Another way to say that, very good. Um, and, and so it, that is possible. So if you feel that uh, the priest can be a bit rigid on minor issues, uh, you know, maybe find uh, another one to talk to. Maybe go talk to the director of religious ed first. Find out what you can find out about the program in your parish. Uh, maybe find another priest, share with him how much you already know about the faith. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you find him rigid. Uh, it, it could be that he's—I'm just going to say this because it could be true. Uh, I don't know the particulars, and I don't need to know the particulars for the purpose of on-air radio. It could be that he's not rigid, but that maybe you're too lax uh, in the moral life in, re in regards to what you're deeming too minor, and he's too rigid. Maybe it's not that he's rigid, but that you're too lax. But it could be also the opposite. It could be that he is indeed too rigid, and you're the one who's balanced. So it's hard to say. Uh, all I can tell you is if, if you're not satisfied with, with the priest that you did talk to about these things, maybe try to find an associate of his or another neighboring parish. Um, we, we cannot go wrong by being balanced with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which itself is a compendium, capital C, compendium of sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the magisterium, the teaching office of the Church, uh, which again is rooted in the Apostolic College. So, um, you know, keep hang in there, hang in there, and, and don't give up. 
Um, you want to do what's right, get, get Catholic Essentials. Again, it's, it's very balanced, 81 short chapters on purposely short chapters, no one chapters over four and a half pages long, um, on different points of Catholic doctrine from five parent categories, morals, dogma, uh, ecclesiology, sacraments, and liturgy. And, and if you are the one who's being a little too lax, maybe Catholic Essentials will help you become more balanced. Uh, maybe share a copy of Catholic Essentials with the priest. Um, so these are different things you can do to, to try to find that proper balance, which is very liberating when looking at the Catholic Church. EWTN is our toll-free number. It's Tuesday night. That means Mother Angelica Live Classics tonight at 8 Eastern Time. Tonight, good things happen. Mother shows us that even in the midst of terrible things going on in the world, God brings forth His grace, gifts, and loves. That's Mother Angelica Live Classics tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on EWTN Radio and Television. Anne is next up in the great state of Washington, listening on Sacred Heart Radio, and Anne is speaking for myself and a large portion of our listening audience. Father Wade, <laughs> Anne, you're on with Father, Father Wade. Wade. Well, hi, Father Wade. I listen to you every Tuesday, and I just have learned so much from you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I have so many faults, and I, I need prayer that the Holy Spirit will enlighten me uh, as to what my predominant fault is and which virtue I should work on. I think it's sloth, but uh, I have so many of them. Okay. Well, Anne, welcome to the Mini Fault Club, just as Jack kind of intimated with his own wording. Welcome to the Mini Fault Club. None of us, none of us are immune from faults. Uh, none of us are immune from our faux pas, huh? Uh, issues of any kind and any any level. Uh, how about dependencies? Same thing. How about full-blown addictions? Same thing. Uh, look at the lives of the saints. I've already mentioned a few saints earlier this hour. Augustine with his lust addiction, he tells all in chapter 9, especially of his confessions. He even talks about his mother, St. Monica's drinking habit when she was younger, right? Uh, how about Padre Pio with his unjust anger? Uh, how about St. Mary of Egypt with her prostitution? Uh, Blessed Bartolo Longo, God willing, hope, hopefully soon to be canonized, uh, formerly involved with the occult while a university student at the University of Naples. Uh, he renounced everything to do with the occult uh, by age 19, and he renewed his baptismal vows and had a private visit with Pope Leo XIII. Uh, so we just see the beautiful conversion of the saints, right? Um, ask yourself, what do I frequently confess at confession? Uh, whether venial or mortal, what is it I frequently confess? Because chances are those things are at the fore of your conscience, and and those are the things you want to improve upon. Without scrupulosity at one extreme, to, in other words, being too rigid with yourself morally, and without too much laxity at the other extreme, just a good, honest-to-goodness, mediocre assessment of your moral life. What are those sins that you frequently take to confession? Because that's a good starting point. Uh, another good starting point uh, to know what faults you want to work on is just to make a good examination of your conscience according to the Ten Commandments. We Fathers of Mercy have a great one at fathersofmercy.com. You can print off the PDF document and go through that. Uh, I've met people, young and old, who love the Fathers of Mercy examination of conscience brochure. Uh, so maybe print that off at our website. At the search bar, just simply type examination of conscience on the search bar at the homepage after you click on the magnifying glass, and uh, two options will come up, Spanish and English, and you can print them off in your home printer. Maybe just that. Uh, 
make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament with just silence before our Lord, our Eucharistic Lord and King. Ask Him to enlighten you uh, what uh, are your predominant faults. Just one or two, like I said in the opening springboard topic, looking at the seven capital sins to help us prepare for Lent, which begins next week. Uh, I stated up front at the very beginning of the springboard topic, at the beginning of the hour, just one or two things, Anne, just one or two things, that's where we want to start, right? That's what you want to do. Um, and by the way, I didn't say this when I finished my springboard topic. I want to say it now. Anne's making me think about it because of what I just said. Uh, that full article can be found at denvercatholic.org. Denvercatholic.org. And the title of the article is A Guide to Finding the Lenten Resolutions You Actually Need. A Guide to Finding the Lenten Resolutions you actually need. Now, I adapted that article to my springboard topic as to how the seven capital sins can help us prepare for Lent, but it's a wonderful, wonderful article written by Vladimir Mauricio Perez. Vladimir Mauricio Perez. But again, the website for that article is denvercatholic.org, and uh, Vladimir tells us up front, just pick one or two things. Don't overdo it because you can get discouraged of what you want to do for Lent because you can't carry them all out. And I think that's a good starting point, especially if we've never looked at Lent seriously. Those of us who are more seasoned uh, regarding Lent, we can take on a few more things, either positively or negatively. Again, the negative things are things we give up. The positive things are the things that we do for Lent. Uh, proactively. Uh, but uh, start with what you take to confession, start with a good examination of conscience, start with uh, looking at that article at denvercatholic.org, and, and you'll know, Anne, what those two or three things are that pop out at the fore of your conscience that you want to focus on. The fact that you said, I think sloth, or sloth, is one of my predominant ones, but I'm not sure. The fact that you said that is very telling, I think, as, as a priest for me, as, as a moralist. I think that that's kind of your conscience pricked in a good way, that for you to say, I think it might be sloth or sloth. You know, there's a great quote, Anne, by St. Teresa of Avila, who I talked about earlier, when she used to bang on the cell doors of the sister she was reforming, and they thought she was the devil. Poor St. Teresa, she's actually a doctor of the church. Anyway, um, she says this, uh, show me your house and I'll show you your soul. In other words, a cluttered, disorganized house, a cluttered, disorganized soul. But a clean and orderly house, a clean and orderly soul. And that's from St. Teresa of Avila. So I, I'm not putting you on the, on the spot there, and to have you tell us on the air what your house looks like, but you don't have to comment on that at all. But I'm just saying that, you know, that's a good gauge, I think. You know, uh, uh, Father Don Calloway of the Mary's Immaculate Conception, he says, look, we need to take care of our souls just like we take care of our cars and trucks, right? Do we not go in for an oil change and a tune-up every four to 5,000 miles or so and get the tires rotated? Well, if we can do that with something physical like a car or a truck, we need to do the same thing with our own body and soul composite, and this is why confession is so important. This is why confession is so important. Thank you, Ann, for a great uh, call-in question today, a great witness call-in question. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Peter's watching us on Facebook, and he says, I'm giving up pride for Lent. I want to see the other person as a child of God before I judge them, to desire their good, their salvation, to bring kindness to every person before judgment. I wish to submit myself to giving up judging and replacing that judgment with prayer before even a word is spoken. And then uh, we also have... Well... There we go. We also have Kathleen is on Facebook, and she says she's giving up complaining about my difficult siblings. 
and she says she'll be going to help out at her parish food pantry and also Great. going to confession every week during Lent. Fantastic, fantastic. Great, great witness uh, comments. We thank you for typing in, uh, either watching on Facebook or YouTube. That is great. And uh, uh, it's important to remember, you know, not to get discouraged. Pick one, two, three things that you want to start out with and stay faithful to them, whether a positive or negative things you're doing for Lent, and stay faithful to them. Uh, Maria's in Ludington, Michigan, listening on WLCV Radio, a first-time caller. Maria, you're on with Father Wade. Hi, Father Wade. Hi, this Maria. Is, thank um, you for Maria. your call today. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I don't know if you remember me or not, but you came to St. Simon's. You did a Eucharistic mission for us last May. Oh, yes. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, Ludington, Michigan. Yes, yes. Great. Anyway, um, I just want to let you know, I, I broke my ankle in November, um, and it was a fluke out in the yard. Mm. And uh, so anyway, before that, I had told the Lord... I really want to have a really holy Advent this year. And I said, I'm going to do everything I can to have everything ready before Advent, Christmas shopping, all the planning, everything was going to be done, and then I was going to immerse myself in prayer. Well, guess what? I got it. (laughs) I broke my ankle. (laughs) And it was like, okay, here we go. So anyway, needless to say, it was um, a journey. Um, Mm. It was challenging at times. Um, But at the same time, I had the most holy Advent I have ever had in my life, to say the least. Um, I learned a great deal, um, and then he taught me so much during this time. And the other thing, too, is that he gave me that time to pray. Beautiful. Um, you, took, you took a negative experience and brought as many positives out of it as you could, and that's a great thing. Uh, and, and you say you want to give up anger now for Lent, is that correct? Yes, because he has shown that to me through this whole thing. Mm. That's something I really have to give up. And when even looking at the news, you know, there's so many things going on that it just drives me insane. I just I sit there and I just yell at the TV or whatever, and it's just like, why are you doing this? You know God's victorious. You know Jesus has got this. But I let myself get too much involved with it. So that's one of the things that I'm going to really try to work on. Well, that's great. Fantastic, Maria. Thank you for a great call today from Ludington, Michigan. You guys are right there on Lake Michigan. What a beautiful area that parish was in for my first time there. Thank you so much for your call today. We appreciate it. Father, would you leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us on behalf of our host, Father Wade Menezes, our producer, Michael McCall, called screener Matt Gubensky and our social media maven Mr. Jeff Burson. I'm Jack Williams. Thanks so much for tuning in. Back at it tomorrow with Father Mitch. Until we get together then, God bless.